Hello everyone and welcome to another podcast of the Christmas special. The spirit of Christmas is all about giving without a thought of receiving. The greatest happiness comes from bringing joy to others. It is forgetting oneself and finding time for others. It is discarding the meaningless and stressing on the true values. Christmas is simply love in action. I'm your host Rebecca, ready to have this conversation with a beautiful and classy friend who has a rich Anglo heritage. She joins us today to share from her wealth of Christmas memories. She is a woman who has worn many hats. She is a supportive wife, a loving mother to three grown kids. and believe me you wouldn't know she has been a lecturer in kasturba gandhi college a haga international facilitator who's traveled the globe a pioneer for the women's ministry a careful leader and now an examiner with idp please welcome my dear friend angela murjani Thank you so much for having me Becky. I am so excited to be in the midst of this wonderful ambience. I feel like it's Christmas already. Yes, me too Angela. But such a delight to have you on the show. I'm glad to be here. Angela, you come from a very rich Anglo heritage. That's right Becky. Yeah. And I wonder we know so little about that community. Would you actually like to share something about them? Oh, there's nothing I would like to do better Becky. I'm a fiercely proud Anglo-Indian mm-hmm. yes. and as you probably know that has been the subject of my thesis and it started as a literary thesis but went off into being a socio-anthropological study mm-hmm. which led me to so many insights which helped me understand why Anglo-Indians are who they are mm-hmm. and why they react the way they do. Uh-huh. So they are actually a very caring sharing community as far as I know. I know they're a very fun loving a uh, community who probably live for the moment or in the yes. moment and i love that about them what what has come across uh, in your um, phd research about them yeah that is so true becky you know anglo indians are not really children of people they mm. are the children of history mm. history shapes people individuals people groups as well as nations and history is what has made them what they are There are people did you know Becky who don't have a state they no. don't have a country they don't have a land to call their own it never so, occurred to me actually yeah so they really lack that sense of belongingness mm-hmm. and it's that unrootedness which makes them people who live in the moment and for the moment and that is something which has caused them to be grossly misunderstood but oh. it's actually not really a flaw i think mm. it's a great thing to be able to just enjoy the moment and be in it totally and completely wow that makes complete sense now angela thank you for actually sharing that uh, with us i i love the anglo indians and in fact uh, my boss was recently mentioning about how he grew up in this railway uh, colony because his mom worked with the railways and she was a doctor there and he said uh, the anglo indian community actually involved in all the festivities they involved the others also in the festivities and yes. he remembers you know actually joining the uh, carolers in the night and singing yes. along with them and uh, you know he ha- he still has memories about that from his childhood though he's now in his um, you know yes. later part of his uh, life 
Anglo Indians will do anything for a happy moment, you know. They yes. will just be a part of every exciting thing that anybody wants to do. And they are such a giving community, mm -hmm. they'll give you the last shirt off their back and wow. they'll share the last meal they have with you. That's what they're like. And that's determined by the history they had because they really did not know whether they had a tomorrow in this land or in another land. So it was mm. all about living for the here and the now. Wow. So Angela, if it's all about caring and giving and sharing with regard to this particular community, uh, you must have actually grown with uh, a lot of such activities happening in your own household. Uh, Most certainly. Yeah. yeah. Anything yeah. that you can share with us from oh. your own don't get me started, Becky. You're going to want me to stop in a bit. <laughs> Please, well, we would you know, love to hear. I grew up in an Anglo-Indian household. My mm -hmm. grandmother ran a boarding school and a wow. day school. Ah. And my father was in the army, but all the family descended on Sikandrabad, where my grandmother used to live, yeah. for Christmas. And as she had a school running, she always had a big Christmas program. Mm. And we grandchildren got the plum rolls. Wow. So we were many girls and we always wanted to be Mary or we wanted to be an angel. And we just hated the time when we had to be a shepherd boy or a king. Yeah. You know, I remember this one time when my cousin, who's the same age as mm -hmm. I, and I, we both fought fiercely to be Mary that year. Oh my. And my grandmother had this beautiful porcelain baby Jesus that she got from Italy somehow uh -huh. or the other. Uh -huh. And my cousin grabbed it and I grabbed it uh -huh. and then it finally fell to the floor and oh. smacked into bits. Both of us got a beating and oh. both of us had to be shepherds that year. Oh my gosh. So, so being a shepherd is actually a punishment. <laughs> yes. Well, it was for us oh. on that occasion. Okay, that's so wonderful. Uh, anything else that you remember from your growing years that you would want to probably share? I remember how my, gra my father never had an alarm clock in our home. Mm. We always woke up to Radio Sri Lanka. But really? come the 1st of December, the music changed. Uh -huh. Suddenly, it was all the Christmas carols. How wonderful. Mary's boy child, a long time ago in Bethlehem, and all of the Christmas songs that we knew. And we, you know, suddenly became aware that if it was carol time, Christmas couldn't be too far wow. away. So that was how we grew how up, festive, Becky. How festive, wow. It just, I mean, I'm just imagining you guys as kids and, you know, just waking up to the sounds of the carols and the music in your household. Yeah. And, wow, that's so nice, uh, You Angela. know, we were four girls growing up, so we always had all these young boys come for carol singing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at Christmas time, and then they would be eyeing us. <laughs> but unfortunately... Did your dad stand with a gun? <laughs> absolutely, with his double rifle. Uh -huh. But we did not marry any of those guys, so okay. I don't know, they might be very disappointed. <laughs> or relieved, I don't know. Yeah, I'm Whichever sure they were way. relieved, yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful, Angela. Your community as such believes in gift giving and, uh, you know, I think that's a part of your culture and you've very rightly taken us through why it is so. Uh, did you as a family involve in any such, um, I don't know, charitable causes or anything like that? Because I know I did hear w once or twice that you were doing something. Yeah. In the past. Yeah, actually, it's a part of the history of our family, Becky. My mm. mother 
is the one who started this whole thing out. Her mm. best friend, Lakshmi, yeah. who's still alive at 92, yeah. often tells us about how my mother, as a young girl, before she was married even, mm -hmm. wanted to just have Christmas for the poor. She wanted to celebrate Christmas with little children and always had a heart for the elderly as well. Mm. So the first time when she wanted to do this and she had no money, she sold her gold earrings for wow. a princely sum of 75 rupees My goodness. back in the day. And with that 75 rupees, she hosted her first party for children. Oh, there were 12 children that she had mm. for Christmas that year. And she organized them to do the nativity scene. And she organized a Santa mm. and gave them all gifts and a treat. How nice. I'm, I'm sure those kids must have been so blessed and excited that year, right? It, it went on to become a family tradition Amazing. because when my mom got married to my father, of course, there was a gap because they were traveling. Mm -hmm. But when they came back after my father retired, she started all over again. And by this time, we were all around and we were grown up and yeah. we all helped. And eventually, you know, it became a real family enterprise. We used to have it in the park opposite my mom's house mm -hmm. and it was called Christmas in the Park. Wow, how so lovely is it, it that? Really, it, it really so was. And you know, all of our children mm. also contributed to this party. Mm. And my mom never hesitated to take whatever little sum of money they were willing to give from their yes. pocket money. Yeah. I remember Mona saving, my, Mona's my oldest daughter. Yes. She saved from her salary when she was first working in New Zealand. Mm. My nephew saved from the cricket matches that he played and oh, he nice. gave some money. The others gave from their pocket money. And my mom always took the money, even though it was insignificant. Mm -hmm. But she said it's really important that they learn to prioritize their giving. Wow, that reminds me of the story of the widow with two mites who gave her all to God. And I think your mom did the best thing by actually bringing in those 12 poor kids and giving them, yes. sharing the love, basically. And those 12 multiplied time. to 500 now, wow. so... Wow, yeah. what an amazing thing. Yeah, I remember this one time, you know, when uh, we used to always borrow the gypsy jeep that our neighbor had. Uh -huh. And Bagu, my husband, would be yes. the driver uh -huh. and we would get somebody to be Santa. But one year we didn't have any fat man to be Santa. <laughs> so I, I think I know where this is headed. <laughs> okay. So then, you know, my son Roshan, who was a skinny teenager at the uh -huh. time, volunteered to be Santa wow. and his friend who thought he was a part of our family because uh -huh. he was always in our house began to fight with my mom. He said, if Roshan can be Santa, why can't I be too? Oh. And so my mom said, okay, so both of you can be Santa. So that year we had two skinny <laughs> Santas skinny stuffed Santas. up with okay. pillows. They were so absurd. But the kids were disappointed because they thought two Santas meant two gifts. Oh. But it didn't pan out like that for the children. <laughs> I don't blame the kids. Oh my gosh, what innocence. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Angela, I've always wondered, like, you are a woman of faith, okay? I've seen you through the years and um, you talk and walk what you preach. Oh, okay? thank you. I hope I do, Becky. You do, you do, absolutely. So I'm just wondering, was there anyone particular in your life who actually impacted this journey of faith? I have to say, Becky, that I come from a long tradition of very strong faith-based people. Mm. My grandmother, you know, we often were told the story about her. She 
ran her school in a rented premises. Mm -hmm. And one time the landlord of that place got her evicted. And early in the morning, she was evicted from that place and mm -hmm. all her furniture and everything was thrown out onto the street. Mm -hmm. But you know what she did? Mm -hmm. She got onto the piano uh -huh. and she played and got all of her students and teachers to sing. Wow. They sang in the hot sun, mm. amazing grace, how great thou art, abide with me, hymn after hymn after hymn. Wow. You know, she knew the last Nizam, Prince Mufakamja, who was oh, a friend of hers and often sponsored mm. some of her more worthy students that mm. she recommended, but she did not call him. Wow. She chose rather to just worship God in the blazing sun that day My goodness. and it was just a miracle by 12 o'clock you know Sikandrabad was a really small place in those mm. days yes. somebody heard about what was happening and the police came in and they got the order revoked and she was okay. back inside the police actually helping her to put the furniture back into that place wow. yeah you know this woman it, she was such a strong woman a feisty four foot nothing bundle of energy mm -hmm. has really inspired us. Wow. I think there are strong women sprinkled throughout our family and we know where that gene pool is coming from. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, she went to the king of kings, even though she knew uh, the Nizam. A prince. Yes. Yeah, a prince. Wow. That, that's a wonderful So uh, that's story. the legacy of faith that I come from. Yeah. I know I headed around here and there in between and then came back to the Lord yeah. eventually. But these are the stories that we grew up on, which we, which became the bedrock of our faith, so to speak. Wonderful, Angela. I mean, even if you did wander somewhere in between, those roots were strong, you know, you did come back. And yeah. I, at least from when I have known you, I've always known you to be this woman of faith. Thank you, and Becky. I have to say that's another aspect of being Anglo-Indian. Mm -hmm. They're very strong in their faith yes. because they learnt early in their lives mm -hmm. that you don't depend on men. Mm -hmm. See, because they were a rejected people, mm -hmm. rejected by both parts of their heritage. Okay. So they knew better than to trust in any man. Mm -hmm. And they trusted in God alone. Mm -hmm. So that's part of their history too. Wonderful, wonderful. It reminds me of what Mother Teresa once said. Mm -hmm. You know, she said, when Jesus is all you have, you find out that Jesus is all you need. Wow, how wonderful is that? And that is absolutely something that is essential to the Anglo-Indian mindset. Mm. They know better than to trust man. Wonderful, wonderful. It's something for all of us to think about, actually. Thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Angela. Um, now, you have three kids, Angela. I think most of the people in our community haven't seen them in the recent past, well, at yeah, least. They've been gone for a long time. <laughs> long so. time, yeah. So, um, do you have any memories of them during the Christmas time that you might want to share with us? Yeah, you know, Becky, when church was small, when church was still just about 300 and odd people, mm -hmm. we didn't have all the talented actors and directors <laughs> that we have today yes. with their value addition to the church. So mm -hmm. it was ordinary people like myself who, you know, hardly had any talent who yes. uh, helped out with mm -hmm. the Christmas play. I remember times when Eunice, Pastor Eunice now, mm -hmm. he was just Eunice then, yes. and Zaki mm -hmm. and I 
you know, we came to the church every evening and we conducted all the practices and did all of those things. Yes. And Renee was just a little baby then. And then when I was helping the actors to do their parts, mm -hmm. Eunice used to actually feed her. <laughs> so, you know, that's how far back we go. Yeah. And I remember this one Christmas when all my three children were in the nativity play. Mm. So uh, that was the Christmas in which Mona was an angel and Roshan was a shepherd and Renee was baby Jesus dressed oh, up in blue. Nice. Of course, nobody knew that that was a girl baby <laughs> Jesus. That's really nice. I do remember seeing Renee when she was really small and uh, I, I have uh, met Mona and Roshan, but so nice, uh, uh, Angela. Like I said, nobody would know that you have such grown uh, kids. Oh, well, yeah. it takes a lot of time and a lot of makeup to look like this, <laughs> Becky. But I haven't but you got look to Botox yet, let me tell you. <laughs> no, no, no Botox, but you look absolutely fantastic. Um, you also went to, back to New Zealand for a short while, if I'm not wrong. Yes, we did. Yeah. We are, are your children now in New Zealand? One of them is, Renee okay. is, but okay. two of them are in Sydney, in Sydney. Australia. Okay. Yes. So how was your time like uh, during Christmas, especially in, in New Zealand? Did you oh. have festivities which we don't really see over here in, in, in India? Uh, I, I would have to say that Christmas in New Zealand was absolutely magical. It really? was like being mm -hmm. in fairyland. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the street where we lived was an apostolic church. That was where we worshipped as well. Mm -hmm. And this apostolic church had the second largest drive through in the world. I mean, wow. The largest one was somewhere in the United States. Mm -hmm. And uh, we used to see the cars line up right from the beginning of December mm. to drive through. But we didn't have to drive through because we lived so close by. <laughs> we would just walk through and we would go ever so often oh. to see the beautiful, you know, um, all the different parts of the nativity scene, right? From when the angel announced mm. the birth of Jesus, way up to the end where Santa Claus distributed lollies and chocolates to the oh, kids. Okay. So that was just such a beautiful time. And also, you know, we had another church in New Zealand that specialized in beautiful nativity scenes and Christmas trees, hundreds of them mm. on a huge acreage. You could just walk wow. around. It would take you like two to three hours to wow. walk around and just have a look at all the exotic and beautiful decorations you just come out feeling like you know you, you've left planet earth for a few <laughs> minutes or hours that's so wonderful angela i mean uh, i know we did have a drive through here for yes, two days yes we did yeah and that was awesome yeah it was really beautiful and but then you said in your case in the new zealand you had it from the beginning of december yes so i'm assuming right it's, through right wow. through to maybe about the 20th of December when, you know, the Christmas services started. So it oh, was fantastic. it was on for a long time. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. It's really nice. You know what, Becky? I remember another thing about our childhood is that as Catholics, we always went to midnight mass. Mm, yes. And when we were little children, it was really hard to stay up in the middle of the night. But it was not an option. We had to go. However, my father would allow for us to sneak out in the middle of the service. And we had a station wagon in those days wow. and he would have lined it with blankets. <laughs> and all of us cousins would huddle up there and go to sleep. Oh, but then we'd wonderful. be waiting for our parents to come. And when we drove back home, there was cake and there were gifts and there were oh, goodies. Nice. 
my dad had a standard 10 and I remember sleeping in, in, oh, in really? the, yeah, I, I, there were fun times and we were five kids. So we would literally fight as to who would actually get to sleep, you know, so yeah. I can imagine the excitement, Angela. I mean, especially during Christmas time, the chill and just huddled together. Yes. And, and the cousins, all wow. the cousins that descended upon the city at that time. Wow. That's so wonderful. So did your mom bake the cake as well? Well, yeah, my mom was a professionally trained baker. Wonderful. So, you know, way ahead of Christmas, our dining table used to be just covered with fruit that was at oh. different stages of being washed and chopped and cleaned for the Christmas cakes yeah. that she would make later. What memories. That's so lovely. Angela, I know that, you know, baking kind of runs in your family. I've had... I've had your sister's cakes yes, for my daughter's birthday party. Yes. I know that you bake very well. Now, is there any way you could actually sneak a little secret recipe of yours for us? I'll be glad to do that, Becky. At Thank the end, you. I will be doing How that. Nice. Yes. Thank you Love so to. much. That would be wonderful. Pleasure, pleasure. That would be nice. Angela, I like we've spoken so much about gift giving, you know. Um, I know that there's so many kinds of gifts. Sometimes it could just be the gift of time. It could be the gift of love. Everything doesn't have to be of, you know, some amount of financial value. What, according to you, probably is the best and the biggest gift of all? Can I answer that question with a story, Becky, if that's sure. okay with you? Yeah. But, you know, one of my most favorite stories from my childhood is the story of my grandfather. Mm -hmm. He was a police warden. He was a jail warden in the British police, actually. Oh, okay. And, you know, he was the most generous, compassionate, affable, kind man you ever met in your mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. We remember him because he passed away when we were in our early teens. Oh, okay. and, and we were told time and again about how as warden of the jail, if he thought any prisoner was in there and the reason was not good enough, like if they were there for a petty theft or something, he would open the gates and let them go. <laughs> and, you know, he did this even more at Christmas time as a special gift. Wonderful. So all the prisoners would get around him at Christmas time. And my grandmother, who was just the opposite, she was this stickler for discipline. And she would say to him, Leslie Toppy, because when she was angry with him, she'd call him by his full name. Mm -hmm. And she said, Leslie Toppy, you're going to get yourself into trouble. <laughs> and he would call her Katie. Her name was actually Kathleen. He would say, oh, no, Katie, everybody needs a break. <laughs> and she would say, but Leslie, surely not a jail break. <laughs> And he would come back and say, but smile, Katie, it is Christmas. Yes. It is Christmas. And what was worse for my grandmother is that having released them from the jail secretly in the night, he would employ them in the house, oh, in the oh garden and in the kitchen. <laughs> so they had these people who were actually like thieves and so on working in the house. And my grandmother was very nervous. And she would say, Leslie, what if they do something here? <laughs> and he would say, no, they won't. Because we've been kind to Aww. them. They won't. Don't be afraid, Katie. And you know, to me, this is just a picture of what Jesus did. Yes. You know, Jesus opened the doors of the prison for many of us. Yes. 
we were prisoners. Mm. We didn't deserve to be let loose. Yes. But he opened the doors and he let us out. And not just that. Just because grace has been shown us, we can't now hurt him. Mm. We don't want to hurt him because he has shown us favor and grace. And that's the answer to your question, Becky. You asked me, what do you think is the best gift of all? I think the best gift of Christmas is to just experience the freedom that Christ has given us and to share that freedom with others so that they too can have the gates mm. open for them. They may escape into a place of love and fellowship. To me, that is the greatest gift of all. What a wonderful story and what a wonderful answer. I mean, thank you, Becky. It's just touched my heart. You know, Becky, when we think about having a party for children, we often think that you need a lot of money. Yeah. But I want to say that we did not have a lot of money in the early days. Mm -hmm. We used to travel to Bombay by train mm. and come back by third class. And we wouldn't sleep all night for watching the gifts, lest mm -hmm. anybody steal mm -hmm. them. And just to see the joy on the faces of those children yes, who received yes. them made every bit of it worthwhile. Wow. So sometimes people tend to think you need a lot of money to do mm. these kind of things. Mm. But I just want to say you really don't. You know, what you need is a big heart. Yes. And then you can do anything once you have the heart to give. So giving is not about how much you have. Mm. It's about how much, how big your heart is and how much you really want to share. Yeah, yeah. You know, blessed are those who give without the thought of receiving, you know. And I think your family is one such example. And I've oh. really loved listening to all these <laughs> stories of how you actually, you know. Uh, I'm just so grateful to my mom that she, uh, you know, is the one who was inspired to do this and has uh, made it a part of, who we are and mm. made it a defining part of our family's character, so Absolutely. to speak. And it's going from generation to generation. Yes. Yeah, your kids are also involved. Wonderful, Angela. That's something for all of us to kind of think about and do something this festive season. Yeah, you know? it's think a good, it's a great time, not just a good time. It's a yes. great time. Yes. Yes. To, Absolutely. Yeah, do yeah. something. You um, know, my mom so prioritized this party. That she, she also like, you know, loved to decorate the home. Her home was like decorated over the top. You, mm -hmm. you couldn't find a spot to lay your teacup down because if you, you know, you without bumping into an angel or a Santa Claus. Oh my. <laughs> and we wanted to start way ahead because there was so much work to be done. Yes. But she would not let us because the party was not over yet. Oh. So everything we did had to be scheduled according to the party. Oh. So first we had it for the children and the elderly, mm. and then we could do anything else we wanted to. So that's the kind of, uh, you know, um, prioritization yeah. that she put into us, that you do it first for others, and then you can go ahead and splurge on yourselves wow. after that. What a giving mom you had. Did she save some gifts for you as well? Well, yes, she did, actually. Uh, she made a necklace for each of us out of her wedding necklace. Oh and she my. gifted it to us on her 80th birthday. Oh. And she passed away about six years after that. So mm, that's a very sorry. special gift that we all treasure. Oh, that's truly a treasure, right? Yes, it is. That's wonderful. That's yeah. really wonderful. Speaking of gifts, Becky, I have something for you today. You do? Yes, I do. Oh, my. 
Because it's oh, Christmas, how Becky. Beautiful is Merry gift. Christmas. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Since you have a gift, I have a tiny little gift wow. for you as well. Oh, exciting. <laughs> Thank you. You're Christmas welcome. has started already. Absolutely. It is a time of giving. So that's Thank how you, I hope you like it. And I I'm love sure this love presentation. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Becky. So since we've already spoken about baking and your baking skills and you've agreed to share your secret recipe with us, shall we get started? Certainly. Let's do it. Let's do it. Smells lovely in here, Angela. There you go, folks. As promised, Angela's secret recipe. Hey, guys, this is a great recipe if you're hard-pressed for time, which we all are at mm. Christmas. The reason? You can break this up into two steps, and that's what I've done yesterday. Last night, I have taken a kilo of dry fruit, and I'm going to give you all the different measures for that. The butter, brown sugar, dates apple juice, corn syrup, and I boiled them together and I let this mixture stand overnight. Now in the morning, the next day, what you do is take five eggs, which I have done and just lightly beaten them. That's what we're going to do right now for a few moments. And then we're going to gradually mix this mixture that I already had ready and standing since last night. It's just waiting to go into this, dear folk. Wow, looks so <laughs> yummy. I could just so, eat off that. You got to be patient and wait for it to be baked, <laughs> Becky. And here I have a flour. This flour is partly regular flour and some of it is self-raising flour with spices added to it. So there's cinnamon, there's some dried ginger and there's grated nutmeg. Now. I just wanted to say that, you know, many people get frustrated when they try to make cakes because they don't turn out well. The reason is you got to have a proper measure. These measures really work well for you. So can you please yeah, hold sure, this, sure. Becky? So what you want to do is fill up the measure that you need, whether it's a cup or whatever. Can you please pour some more in this, Becky? Yeah, sure. And then just, yeah, and then just... Scrape the top off with a knife so and add it. And with that, you get a perfect measure. And your cake will come perfectly if you follow that instruction. So here we are. We are blending this, these together now slowly. We've got the dry fruit and the egg mix and the flour with the spices added to it. And we're going to do some more. We're going to take some more of this mix. And we're going to add some more of the flour. How do you manage to do so much at once? I tell you, Becky, you said in your introduction that I'm a supportive wife, but I couldn't do this without the support of Bago. He's a great husband. He's allowed me to grow in every which way, <laughs> literally and in other ways too. Uh, yeah, he actually helped me get all the fruit and cut it too. How which wonderful. we were doing last night yeah. so that we could be on time for this today. Wonderful. So I really couldn't have done all that I do without him. He's just been a great encouragement. Thank you, Bagu. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he needs to be thanked as well. So here we go, guys. We've put all the last bit of fruit and the last bit of flour in there. And we can already start to smell the lovely fragrances of spices coming up out of this mix. And... What I want to do right now is 
throw in some walnuts. Becky, this is not in the recipe, but I read somewhere that walnuts are good for the brain. Oh, yes. So I think we're going to need some more sanity <laughs> this Christmas season. So I'm just adding that walnut. So I and think we all need go. a bite of it. Yeah, and it's all ready now. That's how it should look when you're done. And now we're going to just spoon it into the tray which is ready here. So this is really important. The tray needs to be greased and lined with four sheets of paper. So it's four times lined so that it does not stick because it is a really heavy mixture. So that's what we're going to do right now. So this cake takes a long time to bake. It's best to bake it on a slow fire, 140 degrees centigrade for three to three and a half hours. Do test it with a fine skewer. And when the skewer comes out clean, only then is it done and ready. And when you've taken it out, pack it in a nice box and it will keep for a month if it keeps at all. Oh, no as way. far as I know, <laughs> it's just going to fly off the it, plate. It won't last that long. Yes. It'll be safe so, in our tummies. <laughs> uh, so I've baked a cake ahead to show you what it's going to look like. Ooh, so here so it nice. is. This is what your cake's going to look like once it's done and ready. Yum. So people, I just want to assure you when the fragrance of nutmeg and cinnamon and dried ginger mm. is wafting through your house and together with that, the strains of Mary's boy child and jingle bells in your home, you Super. are sure to have a very Merry Christmas. Christmas. Hope you have enjoyed this Christmas special as much as I have hosting it. We have tried to share the memories and experiences of a varied number of friends who have shared what Christmas truly means to them. The way you spend Christmas is much more than how much. This Christmas do a little something extra for someone. It is in the giving that we receive and sometimes the gifts of time and love are the basic ingredients of a truly Merry Christmas. Most of all, remember the story of Christmas is the story of God's relentless love for us. So go share this incredible gift of love and make it a December to remember. Wishing you all a Merry Christmas and a safe and happy new year. God bless.